Hi, I'm Carlos, co-founder of the Happy Startup School, and welcome to our Happy Startup Community Podcast. Along this journey of building the Happy Startup School, I've had the privilege of meeting amazing people from around the world. Whether it was across a banqueting table at our summer camp festival, or sat at a beach cafe in Goa during one of our retreats, each of them had fascinating stories to tell and interesting ideas to share that have changed how I look at business and life. This podcast is my effort to share these conversations with you and to open up your horizons to new perspectives and ways of viewing the world. I hope that they become a source of inspiration, learning and connection. Enjoy. In this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by John Parkin, author of the international bestseller, Fuck It, The Ultimate Spiritual Way. He's also written other books in the Fuck It series, as well as hosting retreats in Italy with his wife, Gaia. John will be joining us at summer camp this year to give a talk, and so I wanted to get to know him more, as well as introduce him to our community. During our conversation, we discussed the topic of struggling in business. While John is an optimist, he's also aware that there will be times when things get tough. According to him, how we cope through struggle determines how quickly we bounce back and also how we develop our resilience. John shares some of the challenges he's faced and what he does to cope with struggle. Famous passing, I assume, as well. <laughs> Let's have another go at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anyway, I, I didn't ask you before, ask you, how are you doing? I'm okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah? Been hot. (laughs) Uh, But it's been hot over there as well. But yeah, it's it's been hot. And um, uh, the most dramatic thing for us in the last month was being on the island of Stromboli when there was a strong eruption. Oh, my gosh. Yes, of course. Uh, Yeah. So that that was, uh, I mean, it was everything was fine. And the kind of the, the side of the island where people live, uh, well, where most of the people live was, was absolutely fine. It, it, it worked as it should work, which is even when there's a very strong eruption, it all went down the correct side, but it was, it was strong. So that was a, it was dramatic for everybody really. My God. So what, what, what did that feel like when you were, when you were there? What, what did you hear and what, what was going on? Oh, I was sitting outside, uh, pretty much like this as I am now, um, on the laptop, uh, tapping away, doing something or other. And, um, I, it's it's hard to remember, but there was a there was definitely there's like a like a strong wind, and then there was a sucking of the air. So wow. it's like the air, the, my ears popped, and I've never experienced anything quite like it before. Maybe in an airplane when an airplane drops, and I've since read that this happens with with very strong blast force, and uh, so it was a very big eruption and explosion, and uh, yeah, very them very strong noise as the thing exploded above us because we're right where we stay is you know you are on a volcano Stromboli is a volcano that you're staying at the foot of the volcano and uh we're where we're living which is right at the back of the town right at the foot of the volcano you're about 800 meters from the crater or the craters (laughs) so so i look i had to kind of lean out from the balcony where i was because of you know a roof there lean out and I just saw the thing just kicking off like you know ash and smoke you know firing into the air and bits of flaming you know firing rock I don't know what it was really but I saw fire um, oh my god uh, so but yeah I mean Stromboli's like Stromboli is amazing because it's been 
it's been firing off for about, I don't know, between some people say 20,000 years, other people say 2,000 years, and it explodes every 20 minutes. So you, I'm used to seeing explosions, but this was a big one. So it was a huge amount of stuff going up into the air. And nothing uh, fell your way? Uh, no. Well, I think some, some rocks a little bit towards the top. So there was a, some fire starting at the top. Um, but but uh, no, nothing really. And it all goes the other way. I mean, there's a, there's a town on the other side, so some went that way. Um, but there's a there's like a shoot. Uh, I don't know what to call it really. A, a sh- it's like shoot to fire. It's called Shada del Fuoco. And um, and you know you're Italian. And, that, <laughs> and and all the lava tends to go down there. So it did. <laughs> Thank goodness. That's crazy. So there's like a this is a sucking of air. Well, it was first of all, it was explosion. first of all, it was some pushing of air. So I felt like it got suddenly got windy, and then a sucking of the air, and uh, and then it was like a, like being next to a yeah a very very strong explosion, like a bomb going off. And, nice. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it was that fun. is crazy. Yeah. I think definitely a one of those moments where you that creates a sense of perspective. It does, yeah. I mean, it's um, it, it's you, you, you know, we live on a volcano there. People live on a volcano, <laughs> so so you kind of you kind of uh, you know that this that the there are eruptions. I saw that Etna actually was going off uh, over the weekend, so Etna wow. has had some strong eruptions as well. So it's a very volcanic region down there, um, and uh, yeah, I can imagine feeling very very small <laughs> next to something. Yeah, well, not even just the size of the the volcano, but even the the size of the the amount of power that must be coming out of that thing. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's why it's it's a very very powerful place to be doing the kind of work that we do, which is you know therapeutic work. Um, I was I was about to run a relaxation week, um, <laughs> and so you are. I mean, you, the energy of the volcano volcano is palpable there. That's why it's so good. The, the place is alive. Uh, wow. And you, you, I mean, it's easy on that side of town to forget. I mean, a lot of locals they kind of almost forget that it is a volcano, um, mm. even though you are hearing it explode every twenty minutes, and uh, and that's you know that's the reason that the place is relatively safe. Uh, that it's it is in fact that type of eruption is called the uh, you know the Stromboli eruption, the Stromboli activity. They they apply that phrase to other other volcanoes in the world when they're like this when they're continually active. But you still tend to forget that it's a volcano, that it really is. It's a it's a strong, powerful thing that um yeah, so it was it was it was a strong eruption. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So it'd be interesting well for for people listening, yeah. um what what are you doing there at the moment? <laughs> you say you're doing retreats, yeah, and it would be not also interesting for people maybe to get a bit of background about yourself and how you came to find yourself on the island of Stromboli teaching relaxation next to Yauge volcano. Yeah, well, um, I mean, we live in Italy. We don't live. Um, we live in uh, central Italy. We've lived here uh, for 15 years, and we we basically um, well, we now we teach retreats in different places around Italy, including Stromboli. Uh, but we we came over originally um, coming out of media jobs. We were, uh, my wife uh, Gaia and I were creatives in the advertising industry, and uh, so writing television ads mainly. And 
uh, we decided, <laughs> we're kind of restless souls, I suppose. We decided we wanted to do something else, that we wanted to follow our dream of the, we've always been interested in uh, various therapeutic, alternative health, mind, body, spirit things. So we we had, we left London with our boys, with our baby boys, uh, twins, uh, over 15 years ago and came to Italy to find a place to open a retreat centre. And that's what we did. Uh, and uh, after that, well, I'm allowed to say fuck in fuck it, aren't I? <laughs> yes, you're allowed. <laughs> Good, because sometimes I can't. Um, we, so we basically did say fuck it to the to the London life and the and the jobs and headed off for the country and some kind of uh, partly hippie ideal of of well this would be amazing we can kind of meditate and do qigong and hang out with our boys in the woods all day long uh, and it wasn't quite like that <laughs> in fact you were to, you were you mentioned to me about when you were starting. Um, in, in business and you had the, you know, your kind of visions and and, and purpose, uh, but also acknowledging that there's going to be times when things go wrong. Uh, I don't think we really did that, <laughs> that bit of the process. <laughs> and uh, um, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't think I do do that. When I, whenever I'm anticipating some project, I tend to only think about it going well. And um, that's not a particularly mature way of looking at things. I think to actually build in the idea that, that there's going to be struggles along the way is a very good idea. I, I, I have a tendency, and this is maybe why Lawrence and I work well together. Lawrence is much more the optimistic visionary side of the, the duo. Yeah. He, he's usually the starter of ideas and has a, um, yeah, that optimistic uh, view of how things can work. Yeah. Um, and I am usually the the person who says, "Okay, but then what if this? What if that? How how will it work?" Yeah. Uh, and I think um, while being pragmatic is is can, is useful uh, and can help with being realistic about how things happen. Yeah. If if it was just my kind of if if I was the only kind of person who existed in the world, I don't think anything would get done because we'd always be second guessing what might what might go wrong so there's there seems to be this like benefits to both sides well you need both sides i suppose don't you and that's good that you're in a team uh, both of you are in a team yeah, it's it's absolutely true we need to be pragmatic and understand what can happen but also uh just kind of i mean if you if one <clears throat> um the kind of project that we did which was to you know borrow a lot of money and go into the middle of nowhere and do two houses up and build a swimming pool and expect to get people from day one coming to a retreat center. Um, it, in retrospect, it was kind of crazy. And if I'd have, you know, it, can't, it worked. <laughs> it, it worked over the, the years that we did it. We, we don't do it now, but it worked. Um, but there were so, the odds really were against it working and, and uh, much higher that it would go wrong and end in tears. And it, I mean, it didn't end in tears. There were lots of tears along the way. Uh, it didn't really end in tears, but it was it was crazy. And I don't. I, I mean, I was clearly younger then. I don't. We. I think sometimes to 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 do the really big things, you have to have that level of 
kind of fuck it, you know, I don't want to hear what you're saying about, you must think about this, you must think about that. I mean, because since, since, you know, there was a, the retreat, and it was called The Hill That Breathes, uh, the place we set up. And, um, and it was popular, you know, it was a success. And we had lots of people coming who wanted to set up retreats elsewhere, in Spain, Italy. Uh, some people not telling us and kind of being there as spies and other people who were very open about what they wanted to do. And after a few years, I'd generally say to people, you know, you really have to think about this. I probably wouldn't do it given you want to do this and you want to do that. They, they had the classic kind of, um, you know, it's like I'll set up a and b in France and I'll be able to just hang around for the rest of my life. It doesn't work like that. And we kind of know it from lots of the TV programs. Um, but the most of the people I said that to didn't listen and did it anyway. So we don't, <laughs> I don't know, there's people people listening who are about to embark on a project and they may be closing one ear when, when we do talk about struggle. No, I don't want to know, don't want to know, don't want to know. <laughs> don't tell me that. Because we just have to, sometimes we just have to get on and do it. It's like, let's see. <laughs> I think, well, there's that, there's that idea of, um, so the things that sprang up for me when you are talking about, even your, your initial uh venture away from from london and to italy um when you say you know just fuck it let's do it uh, there's always going to be people i would say friends and family who who they would say have your best interests at heart they don't want you to get hurt they don't want you to fail uh they'll tell you about all the things reasons why something can't work but i believe when you are able to to dream and I'm, i'm understanding this more when you're able to dream and you're able to, to really picture and tell a story about the thing you want to create, yes, there will be struggles, but also I think by creating that picture, you, you, will, you will get people to follow you yeah, or people to, to buy into that story or, or understand that story so that they, you know, like you said, oh, how, how are we going to get customers? How are we going to get people out there? It's like, unless you have a compelling story, unless you have a vision, then you won't have anyone, no matter no, how pragmatic true. you are. Yes, it's, I mean, it is beautiful to dream and it's beautiful to follow our dreams. And you're right. I mean, by force of the energy of it, people feel it, don't they? It's not even that you, not even the marketing is good. It's not even that the ideas are good. It's not even the, the product is good. Um, what I've seen over the years, um, being in the area of both business and this is business business, when you're running a, effectively a hotel, you're, you're in business. Uh, but also being in the realm of, of energetic work, which is uh, my thing, uh, my uh, Gaia's thing is more is therapeutic and energetic. Uh, but for many years, I was teaching Qigong. So aware of how energy works, what I've seen is, is just having a certain energy around something has ripples out into the world. You might say nothing about something and people respond to it. So absolutely, when there's that, when there's that uh, energy there and the, the vision there and the, the kind of movement there, then the, the world tends to, tends to respond to it in, in miraculous ways. And um, I, rem- I remember, because uh, we had, we would host yoga retreats. We didn't teach the yoga, but we'd have uh, for about half of the weeks that we ran, there were yoga teachers would come. And, um, and I noticed after a while that um, if, if there was something happening with uh, with the bookings on a retreat, so that so one of the weeks wasn't going so well in terms of bookings, 
that there tended to be something up with the teacher, even if all the communication to our to our list was the same, even if with you know the, the last year they'd filled up in two weeks. If that if that year there was they weren't filling up, I'd then give them a call and say, "Is everything okay?" And invariably there'd be a problem that they they'd been double booked, they, they wanted to do another project, or they were sick, but they weren't they want to pull out of it quite yet. And so I realised then that there's a weird thing that goes on around how we are, um, and how we that's then projected to the world without any communication in between. Mm, so this kind of interconnectedness yeah. I hear and how there's like an energy, no, you're talking about energy work, yeah. is that how that, I, I, I think of my um, physics days yeah. and uh, this idea of quantum entanglement and how we're all actually interconnected at a very fundamental level. That's right. And I've, hit, uh, I, I've heard it also used at the kind of more spiritual level and how we are all kind of coming from the same source of energy. I believe there's. I, I'm. I'm. I'm still struggling with that, given my very logical scientific background. But there, is, I believe there's all. There's something around the intention, the energy we set around something, and how the outcome seems to just follow where that energy's yeah. directing us. In a sense, it's true, and you're right to to be. We're all right to be skeptical about uh, skeptical about that subject, and. My, my uh, understanding of it, yeah, in, in spiritual and philosophical traditions, this idea of things being interconnected is very strong, even in very old shamanic traditions. The idea that it's kind of great spirit and great spirit infuses everything, or in the kind of Gnostic and, and well, uh, Christian traditions of, of pantheism, that God is in everything and that everything is connected. It's all there. The, the most interesting thing for us now is what you say. It's the, it's the ideas around quantum physics which a lot of those ideas do then have echoes of of these old spiritual ideas. And a lot of the early, um, from what I read, and I'm not an expert in this, the early, early quantum physicists were reading a lot of those uh, usually Eastern mystical spiritual texts, kind of going, well, this is, this is what's happening underneath the kind of um, what we think of as the, you know, the, 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 the big physics of how things work. Every action has an equal mm. reaction, and we're in, you know, we're individual things bumping into each other, and that is different at the quantum level. So, yeah, the quantum level is like this, and and to and then to so we don't we don't where we are, which is at the big level, we don't tend to see that and experiencing it, experience it. But when you do, whether it's through some kind of coincidences or spiritual practice. It's amazing because we're then we're bridging what is a apparently unbridgeable divide between uh, whatever Newtonian physics and, and quantum physics. But that's that's the aim of the quantum physicist, partly, isn't it? To kind of how can we get <laughs> you know how can we get the dog to run through the wall? You know, there's <laughs> it, has, it does have. How can we manifest that there's in a billion potential? When I when I turn round to outside, it's not the thing that I expect. It's something else because it's a billion potential when manifest universes. So it's it's fascinating this, and I love I love seeing it in, in everyday life. I yeah. you know for me, well, and, and that's it. I think it's um for me, it's always a, a case of trying to understand what is the fundamental 
nature of things. What, how does this, how does this all work around us? Uh, and you can take the route of trying to break it down at a very um, scientific, dualistic, maybe way. And then there's an, an alternative view of kind of feeling your way mm. through this. Um, and it, and I, and I see there's this, there is this um, slow coming together in my eyes anyway, of there are things that we cannot explain at the moment well yeah. at, uh, at a scientific level. Um, but there are ways, like you said, from ancient texts or ancient ways of philosophies that are helping understand or yeah. describe these things. And, and I think it's being able to break out away, break away from paradigms that aren't helping yeah. us anymore. Um, Newtonian physics maybe is the thing to think in new and different ways. Uh, but then fundamentally, uh, the way I see it is how, how can we see the world in a way that it's going to benefit us better rather than limit us in the way that, that in the way that we can yeah, it's true. things and happen. And, and you're right. And, and in a sense, we're having this view thrust upon us really because uh, the, the one one level of interconnectedness is is the kind of gyre up the fact the the idea that the, the earth is a kind of org, living organism that if you you know you fuck up one bit it has an effect elsewhere and that we're uh, connected with and interconnected with that as well we're part of gyre earth so the, the current current and ongoing climate crisis is will inevitably force us to realize at the at this the very big level here that we are interconnected, everything is that we're connected with nature. Um, so yeah, that's, that's clearly going to affect us, isn't it? Yeah, and it made me think now, because I feel that I've lived through an age, and particularly as a young student and looking, you know, going through university, kind of a very individualistic yeah. way of looking yeah. at the world. It was about us and achieving and getting better, the better grades, the better job, us succeeding individually. Um, but now it, it sees, I see, look around and you know, A, the, the isolation and loneliness that seems to be about uh, the complexity and challenges of the problems that we're, we're facing. No one person, A, can do this, but no one person should have the burden no, no. of solving these um, Well, it's our... It's interesting because we've, in a way, we've perfected individualism, uh, individualistic way of being um, in capitalism as, capitalism as well. So we've perfected a lot of the ways of making ourselves wealthier, uh, which is that we kind of, we get in, we compete. Mm. Uh, we have the idea that I'm, I must improve uh, materially and get a bigger house and everything. So we've perfected a lot of the individualistic ways that we've been brought up with at exactly the point that we should be thinking about more communal ways of, of being living. And it's interesting that we have <laughs> at this, this peak of individualistic achievement for the human race. It's the thing that's mucking everything up mm. because we can't, we, we can't anymore think about just ourselves. And it's going to be hard because we're all, we're all programmed in this way. Uh, and the, the only way mm. to get out of the, the mess we're in in terms of the environment is we have to abandon that and go, right, it's not just about me and my career and my house and car and, and holidays. It's, it's about something bigger than that. So 
bloody well done, human race. We perfected the, <laughs> the individual pursuit thing. We did really, really well. For, well, not on the whole planet, but for quite a bit of the significant areas of the planet. And, uh, and, and my, we've mucked it up. And that's, that's, that's mainly the cause of it. <laughs> I wonder if we've always needed to work together and we are still working together because a lot of the work, you know, the, the, our ability to success in, as it, succeed as individuals yes. is dependent on other people doing work and creating infrastructures yes. and support around us. But the, the stories yes. that have been told around success has always seemed to be about the, the lone genius, the individual yes. that made the breakthrough and less about the collective. No, you're right. I mean, it, it, you're absolutely right. And if you go back to just like in, in terms of evolution, we tend to think it's the survival of the fittest, but it's not for the human race, is it? We, 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 are, we survive as, a, as groups. And, you know, there's, there's elements of the, what are they called, mm. mirror neurons, where we, when we're with each other, we're wanting to kind of mimic yeah. each other so that the person feels, you know, we, we bond more. So that's, that's a, a deep part of the, the reason we evolve in groups. But I think a lot of, a lot of the last couple of hundred years, at least, has been about self-improvement, self-advancement. Um, uh, from yeah, so <laughs> we have to rethink it. Yeah, do it on our own. Yeah, doing it on our own. <laughs> well, I think this is it. This is the problem. This is maybe where we can go towards yeah. this discussion of struggle, because I think it is that that idea that we should you know, solve things ourselves, work on our own, you know, be the masters of our own destiny and create, uh, create yeah. our own success. That when things don't go well, and when things are actually quite hard, we, we then retreat. Yeah, we do. I, that's um, a, a key part of it. I, you know, both personally. So, I mean, we're, uh, we're mixing things up, aren't we? Because we're talking about very big subjects and personal lives, as well as our business lives. And I mean, we know that they're not entirely separate things, but um, personally, when we struggle, um, it's a very, it's generally a very isolating process for people. Um, and then one of the key things to do is try to get help, <laughs> to talk to other people, to see what your community is and the helping community is around you, to go for professional help um, in terms of counselling, etc. And it's this, exactly the same in business. When we're struggling in business, we tend to become more insular. We tend to think we're on our own. I mean, because we're often talking, aren't we, about people who are working in small businesses or on their own as entrepreneurs. Uh, so we tend, we, there's, a, there's a response, the kind of, the, the traumatic response of when difficult things happen, or when there's an emergency of, of fighting or fleeing or freezing. Um, a lot of us in these difficult, struggling situations in business will effectively freeze which is like, oh, I don't know what to do. I feel terrible. And we go into a very kind of, I think a lot of people go into a very kind of a downward spiral of beating ourselves up. It's like, well, I'm useless. I'm not doing as well as that person. I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. I'm, uh, maybe I shouldn't have done this. This is not the right thing. It's the wrong market. And we go down and down and down and that process. So we have to find the way through it and back up. And one of those is that. It's the it's the social aspect of it and finding help. Yes. 
Now, one of the reasons we're talking is um, uh, we, well, particularly on this podcast, specifically on this podcast, we were talking uh, before on a previous call about uh, you joining summer camp, and we came. Uh, you, you were interested in the the idea of talking about this this struggle, um, and the idea of the struggle, and be interesting to find out more about from your perspective what is it that resonates for you sure um, whether it's a personal experience or having seen other people go through this and what is it that's, that's important yeah to, i mean to share about this yes I, I mean I'm, i am very interested in it because I, um i see that well i'm i'm the first to do this which is that we talk about our successes and we, we, we concentrate on what we're good at and we talk only about the things that go well. And uh, even for the most successful people, there are the failures. And um, very few people talk about them. And then so it becomes an even more difficult experience when we hit the struggle to actually go through it. There's hardly anybody's talking about the fact that, yes, it's a struggle. So I, my experience is that because I, I, I coach people with small businesses or um, wanted to start up some, uh, on their own, it, the psychological aspect of it, the mindset aspect of it is really difficult. And um, most people, and you know, if you look at the marketing gurus, they're, they're talking about headset, but they're talking about, you know, we just have to be positive. We have to get through. You have to get on with it. You have to be committed. <laughs> but the truth is that for, for patches in the business, when you're starting up, there's so much doubt and uncertainty. Um, yeah, I can talk a bit. About, I can talk about. Um, I mean, we've we've had our failures in projects, um, and uh, I mean, the most significant <laughs> for me for me was uh, I, I tried to start a thing called Fuck It Yoga. So I have a lot of things that start Fuck It, given that Fuck It is our brand, and uh, this was Fuck It Yoga a few years ago, and uh, it just didn't work. We set up a retreat, and. We had, I can't remember, five people on it rather than the, the normal 20 or 25. And um, that was one that found, I'd thought about doing fuck it yoga for years, maybe 10 years before I did it. I finally thought, right, let's fuck it, let's do it. And uh, so it, I had a lot of expectations around it and a lot of kind of ideas around where it could go. Uh, but it simply didn't work. And um, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't too much of a, uh, a bummer at the time but it was it was interesting how uh, I mean I, what I had to do around that I, I very quickly abandoned it uh, which is when when there is a dip our main question really is do I work through this dip do I is it, is it just a temporary thing or something I have to work through or is it something that I have to stop and that's a very very difficult question for most of us this one I could see I think I identified pretty quickly what the problem with it was it was a combination of me which is that i'm not a yogi uh, i don't do yoga i do chikung i went i went the chinese route um rather than the yoga route and the other thing is that fuck it is not really doesn't really match the ideas of people who want to do yoga often uh, people want to do if you take ashtanga yoga they're quite serious about it and uh and how they use it and they're serious about uh fitness and yoga and the idea of fuck it yoga is, is to be more fuck it about yoga. Um, so there wasn't so much of a crisscross. Um, but actually, uh, Carlos, I'd love to talk about, rather than that, 
which was interesting. I'd like to talk about a project that we actually started not that long ago, um, just before, oh, about eight, nine months ago, where we were setting mm -hmm. up something new and it was a mm -hmm. membership uh, for Gaia around her idea, which is she teaches under the umbrella of fuck it, be you, the idea of saying fuck it and being yourself in various ways. And we spent, so the idea was to have a, a group, a limited group, limited to 50 people and have a monthly thing. And, uh, and also for part of the group to be doing one-to-ones with Gaia. And we spent, I don't know, six weeks or two months trying to thrash this out. And you'd think by now, after doing this kind of thing for 15 years and writing various books and lots of different projects, that we'd, it'd be pretty much plain sailing. But it was like a startup. And it wasn't a, very, it wasn't a particularly pleasant startup because it was really hard to get through to what the ideas were. And it was really hard to decide how the thing could work and should work. And we were, we were unusually doubtful about the whole project. And it was unusually hard work. So I can, I can actually speak from very recent experience of the struggle and what it's like when you're working, you know, long hours, um, trying to see a way through, trying to simplify the ideas, trying to work out what people will like, asking them. <laughs> and some people going, no, I wouldn't like that. And go, oh, God, but we like that. And everything that would be good. And it's it was really, really hard work uh, for both of us. And there's, you know, many times where we thought, well, we don't we don't need this as part of our business. Why just carry on doing the retreats and this and that? Do we need to do it? Because it was a lot of hard work. Um, in that case, we kind of stuck at it and in, and did work, but it's it was a very strong experience to be in the thing of, whew, this is really hard. You know, can we do this? Can we can we get through this? Is it worth it? And I think so many people go through this, if not majority of people, uh, either when they're starting something up, or at periodically through their business, or most of the time. I don't. I don't know. I think a lot of people have these have these patches, have these periods and have these doubts often. And it's I just I just feel it's really good to talk about it. Um, and let's, you know, let's hear from people who've who've made it, but they still have their patches like that. Um, and then what? Yeah. To talk about what we can do through it as well. Yeah, it's. There's the, I feel when we go through these challenges, um, like you said, and I blame probably social media a lot for this, is A, we don't, we don't share. We don't want to show that weakness. Um, but even then, um, I also found from running, kind of, we run a, an event called Ideas Cafe where we have... Um, entrepreneurs and sort of early stage startups come together just to talk about the challenges they're facing. It's like, we're very keen to offer advice uh, to people when they're going through a struggle um, without, well, forgetting that actually, yeah, everyone's got a slightly different context. And so what we can only do is share our experience of going through yes. a challenge 
and how we manage to cope. And then I believe it's up to the other person, the person who's having the current yeah. challenge, to be able to glean what they can from that. And then there's an element there of um, also sharing how how you we in, being able to clearly yes. share how we've found ways through the struggle. And I think for people listening to this is that um, the what well, I, I find there's you know there's always very specific tactics and strategies that we took whether it's launching a new business or, you know, trying to build a membership subscription business and whether was it marketing, was it value proposition, was it the way we've managed the community? And I see also with product design and product development, there are always very specific solutions to the, in terms of strategy. But I think there may be, oh, I believe there's also some more general yeah. lessons at a personal level of how we perceive ourselves and how we cope with the emotions of that struggle. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious to hear from you. Yeah, well, first of all, you're right about the, the sharing thing. And um, so I see this, I've seen this mainly in the personal area, which is that um, when people come on a, a retreat, for example, one of the most powerful things, um, the most powerful healing elements is that uh, people can share, so they can simply talk about the stuff that they wouldn't normally talk about to other people. Um, and also that they hear that other people are going through similar things, even though they might look a way that they think they wouldn't have the same problems as me. So and that always happens on a retreat where there's, uh, let's say there's 20 people. And most people are uh, spend a lot of time in struggle. That's kind of... Um, an element of life uh, whether in maybe not through all through life uh, and for all people but a lot of people do struggle with one thing or another and so to to come and to see that oh my god that person who's you know they're really successful they're doing this and that they're they're really sorted ah they're struggling with that so i've seen that in, in i've seen that in in that context it doesn't i'm pleased to hear about your uh, ideas cafe um that you're able to do that it doesn't happen so much in business where people just can sit around and talk about the struggle side of it as well um, so that's a it's a the, the key those two elements one to be able to talk uh and you know when we do it at a therapeutic level the idea is that you talk without other people interrupting so where well, we used to have like a like a shamanic talking stick thing that you pass around and when you're holding the talking stick, nobody else can talk. That's really great. So we always encourage people in groups, you know, let the person speak and don't then go in and try to help. Don't go in and try to rescue. So therapeutically, that's really good because uh, it's very it's very hard for people to hear people struggling without going in to try to rescue them. Now, clearly, there's going to be times when some other people can offer some good tips, but generally speaking, we wouldn't allow that in those in those kind of groups. So it's great to be able to share stuff and to have a, a forum where, where people can share is great. But then it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic element to be able to hear that other people like me, or maybe even that aren't like me, they look whatever, let's, let's say it's more successful or they look as if they've been in business for 10 years and I'm just starting out. So, so, but people doing that kind of thing are going through the same struggles, are having the same doubts. 
are baffled by the same things, uh, no matter what they look like. Uh, so that is, it's just healing. It's healing to share and it's he healing to hear that other people are going through the same thing. Um, so God, we need more of this. <laughs> <laughs> and what sure. maybe we covered it but maybe i'd just like to just underline it what, well it it depends on the per a personal level uh so therapeutically which um uh people and people won't easily uh, share with other people because they might be embarrassed but in business it's really it's even more obvious really is that we want to portray ourselves as successful all the time uh, we don't want to talk about the the failures and the and the struggles and the projects that didn't work because uh, if we're in business we're there to uh, project success we're there to inspire confidence in what we're doing and uh, for people to buy into that it's, it's often critical seems to be critical for most businesses to do that because um, the confidence means the the sales so it's it's pretty clear that uh, you, one has to talk if you're going to talk about it you talk about it in confidential areas or you're talking about it in a very very sophisticated way especially if you're going to talk publicly about these things very few people want to talk about their failures in any area of life uh, I mean the beautiful thing in the kind of personal realm is that a lot more people are now talking about their uh, mental health difficulties and their own struggles you know a lot more celebrities are even just 10 years ago, I, I would have been able to count on one hand the number of celebrities who'd mentioned their own mental health difficulties. Uh, but now there are many, many. So th that element in that sphere of life is, is good. People feel they're able to talk about the difficulties having without necessarily compromising their careers as whatever it is as celebrities. So in business, this is probably, we're probably really early on. <laughs> I don't know where it's going to go. It's very very new territory for people to be open about difficult elements within their business and difficult struggles that they're facing. There's, um, I feel there's this need within business or there has been this need within the world of business to look infallible. Yes. Uh, and unperturbable. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's a growing need now within business and then within the business we create to build trust mm. with people. Mm. And I, I have this thought in my head is like when you perceive someone as totally infallible and unfazable, mm. you might slightly distrust them because they're not showing everything. That's absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, the it's a kind of alpha way of doing business, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and interestingly, now politically, we're we're we've seen the the rising of the alpha form of politics, um, even in well, even or especially in the UK, uh, as we talk now, there's a there's a massive input of kind of alpha. We're going to fucking do this no matter what. We're going to be out. But it's it's going to you know there's a kind of destroy. Doesn't matter what's destroyed here. We're just going to do it, kind of level. Um, and yet, I think. The, the opposite of, of, of portraying your infallibility is to portray your vulnerability. And that's very hard for most people to do. And it's very hard for businesses to do, isn't it? 
And I think that's where it, that's for me. It feels like the the nub of the problem. Yeah. Um, in business, I, I always got this sense of you know you need to separate the personal from the business. You need to separate the emotions yeah. from the the logic. Um, yeah. And I recently recorded a podcast with someone talking around about the idea of empathy. Yeah, and. I feel like so empathy that we came well we came to to the idea that empathy is being able to sit within that messy space that someone's created because they're going through a challenging experience. Yes. Uh, and to and I we define this kind of there's this circle around this person and it's full of emotion that's not quite clear but it's all quite raw and messy. And I think people sh- the retreat from that they don't want to sit in that space because it causes creates discomfort um but ultimately you know the ability to sit in that space and to feel what that person is feeling without trying to fix them or to make it something about themselves yeah is what's needed for them to heal and and, and come to a position where they accept what's going on with them and yeah. with business it feels like when you are facing a problem or a challenge there's a the onus on the person going through that to be able to find people that they can share that issue with but also i feel like there's a need for for the wider community or the people around this person to be able to sit with that uncertainty and that that raw emotion in a way that's that's that is for want of a better word healing or or comforting you're absolutely right yeah and it's very hard in business though isn't it i mean it, within it let's say a small business within a business if people you know when i think when things aren't going well for people not simply to go into the we need to improve we need to get better we need to find the opportunities but in the end we're talking about being there with the discomfort aren't we yeah um, yeah and that and personally as you say i mean it's a beautiful um expression of how empathy works uh, in 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 our relationships, to actually be in the discomfort with somebody is really difficult for most people to do. As you say, they want to they want to rescue or they want to get out. They want to close the conversation and escape, or they want to just throw in their tips and then get out. But to be there in the uncertainty, in to be there in the pain, to be there in the question and is really hard because we find that hard in ourselves so i my goodness it'd be a sophisticated business that was able to to be there in the pain and the discomfort and look at the the shit full in the you know fully it's like what is going on here this is i mean i, I was involved in a uh in a, an advertising agency that grow grew very very quickly and then started to uh, they started to lose clients. So it was was not going. It was wasn't growing as quickly as it should. And then it started to go down. And it was all about as for most businesses, it was all about getting new business in. It was all about buckling down, you know, making more opportunities, doing more great work. Bang, 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 bang. But there was never really an acknowledgement of the pain of failing of you know or just a sitting with the fact that ah it's we're not hitting that 
those targets. This is not going well. Let's just be with that for a moment before we get up tomorrow and start again and start making the calls and doing more work. Let's just sit with this. And this is an element. Carlos, you've kind of you've taken, to the, taken us to the bit that in every area of our life, we tend not to do, uh, which is to be able to sit in the pain and to sit in the struggle because it's bloody hard. It's pain. <laughs> And it does not feel good. It does not feel good to to be in a to be down. It does not feel good to be in physical pain. It does not feel good to be in pain around a relationship. And we are we are wired to get out of it and find the pleasure, or to to knock it out with with a pill or whatever it is. So we do this in every area of our lives, and it is fascinating to talk about it in business, because a business is not good at sitting there and going. Ooh, <laughs> what's going on here? This is not great. I feel that's the the challenge that springs to mind is that within business, particularly now in the modern age, and over the past, I would say, fifty years, it's all about if you don't, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. Yeah. You know, if you're standing still, you're moving backwards. Essentially, yeah. it's all about progress. It's all about being first to market. It's all about dominating an industry it's all about uh being your competitor so time is money it's all about speed and when we are going through something emotionally challenging there is no clear um time frame over which that's going to be fixed no it's true you can't say Mm. give it 10 minutes and you'll be fine Mm. and i think it's that uncertainty and maybe for some people it could be. It could be for someone who's very self-aware. Yeah. Ten minutes, sit with the pain, and they and they can move forward. But for other people, it may not, and it may be different for different people. And I feel that's the problem: is that because we're so impatient to move forward, we forget to stop and wait for others while they're while they're trying to go through something. Yes, yes, it's so true. And we are. We are people within businesses, aren't we? We are the, mm. and so the more we learn and become self-aware and are, are good at kind of taking our time, the more that's going to impact on whatever business it is we're in. And I, I, I and this is for me, I think a, a growing need to see how we can affect how we define business, because. If business is always going to be this this race to the top um, in terms of competition um, and where speed is of the essence, then I, I fear for the, the state of the human being yeah. within that system. Yeah. But if we can somehow get people to understand or you know, re return to our humanity let's put it that way and then what's at the core like you said a business is just a collective human collection of human beings so we need to understand these human beings better to make sure business serves us rather than we serve the business yeah absolutely and this the speed this the speed has it's increased and increased in the last decade hasn't it that's it's something Mm. that in my time in business which is actually 30 years really it's always got faster and it gets, it continues to get faster. So, and I, and 
it's not it's not going to con- I don't think it can continue forever to do that so maybe it's going to go the other way and it's for what works in business and most people don't realize this is authenticity um so when we are truly ourselves and are happy to be fully ourselves it tends to work so this message in some way will get through that in the end maybe authenticity will be more profitable than the speed to market or the mm. ability to to get the latest marketing technique out there before anybody else. And when, when people realize that authenticity is more profitable, then things could slow down again a bit. Because authenticity is 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 not time, it's not it doesn't have to be there now. It's just a relationship. And relate all relationships develop over time and trust develops over time. Uh, so so maybe it's a it's a movement away from it's, we're talking about different shifts, aren't we here? And maybe the market in the end will respond to these sh- these fundamental shifts that are happening for us as a human race at the moment. Um, so that 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 would be nice. But I, I mean, I the thing about authenticity, I have seen I've seen that just in marketing over over three decades. That that in the end, it's the authentic that win, even if it's it's authenticity or, or consistency and coherence within a brand that's not particularly nice. <laughs> yeah. If somebody's authentic to their values, even if their values are shit, they tend to succeed. <laughs> well, you, 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 the way I see that, you just draw people who, who are, who are attracted to those values. And that's part, that's of, right. part of the authenticity aspect of that. So I'm, yeah. I'm wondering then, so we've, we've talked, so we talked about authenticity and we've talked about struggle in business and this idea that we most, or it feels like the predominant narrative in business is not to show vulnerability and so not to That's show right. that you're struggling. Um, and I feel there is a link between authenticity and and, and vulnerability. I yes, there is. I mean, I, I, give, a, I get a, give a wider definition of authenticity, didn't I, when I was talking about shits. But yeah. yes, you're right. For most of us, authenticity is about being a full the full me and uh, showing our vulnerability yes and i'm i'm thinking so, so someone who's listening to this um, <clears throat> and i think many of them will be community members there will be people who who just stumbled across this podcast and they are a small business or maybe they're in a growing business and they're struggling at the moment things aren't going as well as they can uh, and they're probably, or potentially, they're just retreating into themselves, trying to solve the problem themselves. Probably beating themselves up about not being able to solve the problem straight away, thinking everyone else is doing better. What, what could you offer them as a way to, to cope, and maybe push through to the other side? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm also aware, Carlos, that you, say, you said earlier about not offering offering advice in your group, so I'm slightly reluctant to give the four, the three tips I've got. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some basics in that in those difficult times. I would, uh, well, I would, I do. First of all, I try to look after myself. Um, so I will try to. I mean, I, I love walking, so I tend to. If things are difficult, I walk more. If I'm really struggling, I get out and I walk, which usually means to the sea, so it's pleasant. But I, I do that. I, I try to eat well. 
and I try to take time out and do stuff I like. So that that level of self-care, just looking after ourselves when things are tough, is good for a variety of reasons. Even the walking is good for a variety of reasons. I, How does it help you? Yeah, so if we go, let's take, yeah. take your experience of these things so that you can share how it helps you. What do you find? By uh, walking just, it just improves my mood, gives me perspective. Um, I mean, I, I was reading yesterday, there's a book coming out called In Praise of Walking, In Praise mm-hmm. of Walking, um, by I think it's a neuroscientist. And, and it does a vast amount of things when we walk that's good for us, as well as being good for our health. It's good for our brains. It's good for our uh, cognitive function. So I, I tend to get perspective. I get ideas. I, I, I'm literally stepping, say, I'm stepping back, stepping away from the, the stuff that feels so heavy. So it always lightens me walking. Uh, and that's my, if, I, I am, if I'm feeling down, if I'm feeling a block, if I'm feeling uh, a struggle in something, if I'm feeling, oh my God, I'm shit, what, what, I'm shit at this, what am I going to do? This is all falling apart. I go out for a walk uh number one for me and i i have to you know sometimes i have to you know drag myself off the sofa and and get going but that's what i do um uh and it it, uh, that that works It, it generally really works um the other thing that i do and i recommend and these this interesting it's really good this because we're talking about business but these things all work for in our personal lives as well um, so my personal life, and um, I learned this when I was at, at school and not enjoying it, it's taking one step at a time. It's only thinking about today. In the, and in the context of a business, what I do to make that happen is if I think, if this is a struggle and this feels like a dip, but I, it's not that I should give up, that I want to go through it, I want to make it happen. So if you take our, our kind of fuck it be you membership idea where we decided we had to persevere and persevere and it, it worked it worked really well in the end it, it did work but we ha- i had to do a thing of going right this this is we have to do this list of 20 things and we split it down and today we need to do this and so i chunk any project down into its steps and then i concentrate only on the step the next step the stuff i have to do today the three things i have to do today and and not because it's so easy to be overwhelmed by the big stuff and that happens to me all the time. If I think about all the things I need to do uh, to hit our targets for, for 2020, for, to, to, to do what I want to do with new retreats, what I want to do with a new book project, whatever, it freaks me out if I think about the whole thing and what I have to learn to do it. Um, and if I, if I think about it from a, you know, not a great space, if I'm really creative, if I'm kind of go, we can do this, we can do this, then it's not a freaky freak space, it's a very exciting place. But if I'm trying to implement and I'm struggling, if I'm struggling in some way, then it can really overwhelm me. So this thing of chunking things down absolutely works for me. And it means that you can get through the dip uh, by just going, today I have to do this. Not even today sometimes. This morning or next hour, I have to do this. Oh, my God, I don't want to do it. All you have to do is this. Oh, but it's it's really hard. I'm not sure it's going to work. Just fucking do it. <laughs> that's pretty much that's pretty much the conversation I have got in my head. It's like, just do that. I don't want to because it's a bit scary. I'm not sure I can remember how to do the website thing where you have to do this and that. Well, all you have to do is open it up and see what it looks like and write a paragraph. 
And, so, and that's because uh, a lot of things for, for, for small businesses, for startups, the nature of our job is that we have to do a lot of stuff. We are not usually not specialists. I used to be a specialist. My specialism was coming up with ideas and writing, usually writing copy for television or posters or press or whatever. I'm no longer a specialist. I'm a massive generalist. I do everything. <laughs> and so there's a lot of stuff that still bothers me and challenges me. So I have to chunk it down and go, I don't want to do it. Just do it. <laughs> and uh, and the, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about, which is, it, again, is this is exactly what I'd say in our personal lives. And we've mentioned it already in our conversation today, but absolutely in business, which is getting help and sharing the problem. So whether that's talking to people working your business or associated with your business or, or friends and family or in the business having coaching or business advice, however that would be. I, I, and it's the thing that's so hard to do when we're struggling because it's like, ah, oh, I just feel terrible. I can't talk. I'm, I read over the weekend about somebody who, uh, they were, it was a piece about the fact that they'd found therapy in their allotment. And they, they said that they'd gone through three years of hell. Uh, I think he, this, the chap's uh, wife was really, really sick in and out of hospital. Uh, so lots of difficulties, lots of problems. And they, three years, absolute hell. And they had no contact with anybody for those three years. They completely cut off from everybody. So that's, that's often the natural thing to do, to kind of come in on ourselves when we're struggling. What we should be doing is getting out there and getting help and talking to people. And, you know, to sharing our problems, so talking and also in talking, you then find that, you know, the person that you thought was really doing well, they kind of say, oh, yeah, God, yeah, I'm going through a similar thing. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, those three things really work for me. Looking at, I have to really try to look after myself in the struggle. I, I chunk things down and I just think, OK, today I need to do this. And then I do get help. And sometimes, you know, Gaia just has to force me as well to get help. It's like I'm sitting there trying to work everything out, whether it's personal or whether it's in business. And she says, why don't you talk to Mark about that? Why don't you, you know, talk to that therapist about that? Oh, no, I don't, I don't, I'm all right. No, I can do it. I can do it. No, it's all right. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. What do you mean it's not that Our business <laughs> is partly to say, to say to people in the world, we all need help. We all need some form of help in our lives, including it's a fantastic thing to have a therapist or a counsellor regularly even when you think times are really good. And yet I can sit there when I'm feeling, you know, when it's a real struggle, kind of going, oh, no, I can do it. It's fine. No, it's all right. No, no, it's all right. No, just call them. <laughs> it's having that. Um, I think what we use, the, we use the phrase, you can't see the label when you're inside the bottle. Oh, yes. That, that is it. And that, yeah. It's fresh eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, just that I, I, I love that uh, saying, and it, it really it sums up a lot of problems we have in small businesses and as entrepreneurs, uh, as the, the startup, the one or two or the three or four, uh, because we're having to do most of the stuff ourselves. And, you know, as a as a previously as a as a brand, not previously, as somebody who's very interested in brands and I used to develop and advertise brands and I've now been in business, we've been in business on our own for 15 years and had the, the thing of fuck it for, for 10 no more than 14 years actually it's really hard to get fresh ideas when you're in it 
Mm. It's really, really hard. That's why the whole marketing consultancy and every form of consultancy exists, isn't it? Yeah. But as but as starters, we often can't we can't afford it, or we you know we need to constantly work on it. So yeah. There's um so I think there's a an element there of investing time in, yeah. in cultivating relationships and connections. Yeah. That uh, that don't necessarily build a, create an, an immediate ROI. I think we as small businesses, we have um, a limited amount of resources, and so we we. Yeah sometimes see value investing in that oh that marketing campaign or facebook yeah. campaign or whatever it is because we think yeah. it's going to get us uh that that much return yeah but i i would love it if more and more people could understand there is time and potentially money investment required for creating our own clarity because that will help us solve many of the problems that we think we're facing. That's right. And, and to kind of loop back around to pretty much where we started about the energy of it, when we, when we are um, more clear and the energy is more clear, then it has an effect on the world. It's, it's the, that's the, 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 um, it's the free and invisible Facebook advertising campaign. You don't have to pay a penny for it. You just have to, you know, get clarity within yourself. In fact, that's one thing. It's one thing I just missed out when talking about going through the dip, which we have been talking about uh, today, which is the ability to sit and be there, which you've talked about. The ability to just sit in the pain and go, this is difficult. Ouch. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's missing for most of us to be to, to be in that. It's really, really important. Yeah. Out well, breath. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if uh, anyone who's listening to this, I hope you've got something. And if you're going through the struggle, I hope you're able to s- sit with it without spinning out too much. Um, try and say fuck it to the overwhelm. <laughs> yeah. But um, well, I'd like to, you're going to be joining us at summer camp. Yeah, I can't wait. I don't know what it, I, I, I have not been before, so I'm very excited about coming for the first time. Um, uh, you're going to love it. I think everything that you said so far. We're actually going to be we're looking to hopefully do some uh, a qigong session one morning. So I would be more than grateful if you could join us for that. Oh, I love that skills. That would be awesome in yeah. a field as the sun rises. That would be beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. But uh, uh, the thought is that you're going to be talking a bit more about the struggle uh, and um, how people can navigate that. Um, is there, and that was that's going to be happening in September. So is there anything else that you would like to share with the listener about if they want to find out more about what you do uh, or anything that you, that's coming up for you that, that you'd like to get out there? Sure. I mean, um, yeah, I'm... Um... If people want to find out more about us, they can just Google Fuck It, actually. Uh, it, we're, we're pretty much up there as we have a site called The Fuck It Life. Uh, we we mainly teach around uh, Fuck It Be You. We have retreats and there's books on a variety of subjects, including the, um, the Fuck It Do What You Love, which is possibly the most relevant in this area. But I am I am really interested in exploring how... Um, well, fuck it at work is probably the title under which I'm going to be 
uh, talking about and teaching more in this area, which is how fuck it works at work, which is what most of us, well, almost every one of us have this aspect of our lives, which is uh, so enmeshed with the, the rest of it. But how these ideas, not just fuck it, but the, the, the personal development, the therapeutic, the ideas of how we are, how, how we can bring that into work and then in the end make our businesses more pleasurable, uh, more exciting, uh, more real, more authentic and the end more profitable. So, yeah, fascinated by that. There's not a lot on our side about that, but that's where that's what I'll be talking about and um, conversing with people. And are you a social media person? Is there anywhere people can connect to you there? Yeah, um, we on Facebook, uh, we have the Fuck It Way and the uh, Fuck it, uh, Fuck in that case has got two asterisks in it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's mainly mainly Facebook we're on and we have a couple of smaller groups on there. Fuck it, friends. and people have been on our retreats fuck it family but yeah we do quite a lot of stuff on facebook cool yeah. excellent well thank you very much john it was a pleasure to hear from you i'm uh, i have pictures of you looking across a beautiful blue sea uh, yeah yeah uh, it, it is it's not a, it's not an accurate picture that um i'm looking out across roofs but it, there is a blue sky uh, i'm ah, very close good. to the sea um, but I've also it's been a, it's been really lovely to to chat, Carl. I've really enjoyed it, and I hope we've provided some interesting insights. And well, for me, for me, the most important thing in having these chats is that people feel, ah, God, it's not just me. <laughs> yeah. And that if 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 the listeners have got that from it, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I feel I feel better because I know I'm not alone. That that's so important. Thanks for listening to this Happy Startup School community podcast. If you'd like to find out more about what we do, then check out our website, thehappystartupschool.com. If you believe that there's more to life and business than making money and waiting for retirement, and if you want to surround yourself with other like-minded change makers and entrepreneurs who want to make money, do good and be happy, then please come join our community. We offer courses, conversations and content that will help you follow your own path to success. Whether you're just starting out, struggling to grow your business or in a position of leadership and trying to work out what's next. There's no reason to face these challenges alone when you can be supported by people like you who want you to succeed. And from Friday the 13th to Sunday the 15th of September, we're hosting our Happy Startup Summer Camp. While we know that strictly isn't summer, the event also isn't just for startups. At its core, Summer Camp is about learning, play and friendship. We want to promote personal growth in business. We advocate holding our work lightly so that we can be more creative. And we know that we can't create impact on our own. We need to work with others that give us energy and support. As well as inspirational talks, we've got activities and experiences such as Blingo Bingo, Botanical Brew Making, Yoga, Mindful Raving, Saunas, Hot Tubs, Lake Swimming, Japanese Sword Fighting, Qigong Breathing and Dancing. Lots of dancing. To find out more about Summer Camp, please go to happystartupsummer.camp. Business doesn't have to be boring and it definitely shouldn't be lonely. I hope you can find your tribe with us this September.